Scripture reading this morning is going to be taken from Romans chapter 14, verses 17 through 23. Romans 14, verses 17 through 23. I know and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean itself, but to him that esteemeth anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. But if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, now walkest thou not charitably. Now walkest not charitably. Destroy not him with thy meat for whom Christ died. Let not then your good be evil spoken of. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another. For meat destroy not the work of God. All things indeed are pure, but is evil for that man who eateth with offense. It is good neither to eat flesh nor to drink wine, nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth or is offended or is made weak. Hast thou faith? Have it to thyself before God. Happy is he that condemneth not himself in that thing which he alloweth. And he that doubteth is damned if he eat, because he eateth not of faith, for whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thank you for being our God and our Father. Thank you, Father, for your Son, Jesus Christ, for sending him to bring us your word, to show us the way to go, for dying on the cross for our sins so that we could be your children, Father, and live in your house all the days of our lives. And we thank you for that, Father. We thank you for your care and your protection, for your provision in our daily lives. Father, we thank you for your holy word. And we pray, Lord, that it would be a lamp unto our feet, that we would read it and that we'd study it, that we'd be in it every day, that it might change our lives and it would guide us. And help us, Lord, to be able and ready to share it when the opportunity comes. Father, we thank you for your church. We thank you for letting us be a part of your light in this world. We thank you, Father, for the, for the comfort and the support that, that the church gives to each one of us. And help us, Father, to remember every day that we are your church. And let us act as such when we're out in the world, when we're at our jobs, when we're at our schools, when we're at our play. Father, we just have so, so many things to be thankful for, especially right here where we live. We thank you for the beauty of your nature that surrounds us. We thank you for the gentle rain that we received last night, for the light thunder showers that we enjoyed. We thank you for this season where everything grows back anew and it's just beautiful it's wonderful and we thank you so much Father we thank you for our families for blessing us with spouses, wives and husbands and 
sons and daughters and grandchildren. It's just, you bless us with such an abundant and wonderful life, and we thank you so much for that, Father. Father, we, we thank you for the lesson that we just heard in Bible class hour. Help us, Lord, as your church to realize that if we don't stand up, if we don't get involved in this world, if we don't let people know that we believe in you and that we believe in your word, that so many people are doomed. And help us, Father, to strive to be strong, faithful children of yours out in the world that we're in today to try to make it a better place for those that we've brought into the world and that, that, our, that our children and our grandchildren might enjoy the lives that we have. Father, please forgive us of our sins. Forgive us when we fail you. Help us to do better. Help us to love one another, Father, to be kind to each other, to help each other when, when we're in need. Father, all these things we pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen. I love you with the love of the Lord. Yes, I love you with the love of the Lord. We can see in you the glory of my King. And I love you with the love of the Lord, we come before thee now. At thy feet we humbly bow. Oh, do not our suit disdain. Shall we seek thee, Lord, in vain? Shall we seek Thee, Lord, in vain? Heard on Thee our souls depend, In compassion now descend. Fill our hearts with Thy rich grace, Tune our lips to sing thy praise. Tune our lips to sing thy praise. Before Brother Larry brings us the lesson this morning, we'll sing number 345. 345. It is well with my soul. If you would, let's stand, please, as we sing this song 345 then we'll have our lesson <clears throat> when peace like a river attendeth my way when sorrows like sea billows roll my lot thou hast taught me to say it is well 
It is well with my soul. It is well. It is well with my soul. With my soul. It is well. It is well with my soul, my sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin, not in part, but the Stand, stand, stand. <laughs> I do this at home with your brothers and sisters at Airport Freeway Church of Christ. I want everybody to turn and give each other an eye hug. Just, uh, uh, just eye hug them. Uh, just, mmm. Uh, get them in the back too. Turn and go, uh, in the balcony. Just, uh, I love you. Oh, y'all have a seat. I love you this morning. So I just want y'all to know, everything that I do this week, I apologize for already. Don't worry about it. They can't fire me because I don't work here. (laughs) But uh, uh, no, it is a blessing. I give, uh, send greetings from my 
people uh, uh, at Airport Freeway Church of Christ, your brothers and sisters, uh, thank you so much for allowing me to come. Ask God, God and God alone to be glorified in this, that he allow us to use our talents to glorify him and that we get out, as the brother said during the prayer, and just, you know, talk God up. Uh, and, and I just thank y'all for letting me come here. Uh, like I said, I grew up in Martin, Tennessee uh, with Tony Kelly, and uh, I did it without medication. So, and, and uh, uh, Tony, he was joking around with me because uh, we came to the men's group. We almost was late. And uh, remind me of uh, this uh, little boy, somebody called the, uh, my cousin Jack Jr. told me, he said, somebody called the house and the little boy picked up the phone and says, hello. Then I said, hello, son, is your father there? Yes. Well, may I speak to him? No. He says, why not? He's busy. So is your mother there? Yes. Well, may I speak to her? No. He says, why not? She's busy. He said, well, son, is anyone there I could speak to? I think some policemen are here. He said, when I speak to them, no, they're busy. Well, is someone there? I think some firemen are there. Well, can I speak to them? No. Why? They're busy. He said, son, what is everybody busy doing? They're looking for me. (laughs) I have one more for you. There was a man bought a horse, came up to the guy and said, I want to buy a horse. Because Jack told me this or two. He uh, bought a, or wanted to buy a horse. He said, man, how much for this horse? The guy said, it's $5,000. He said, $5,000? Goodness, that's an expensive horse. He said, you don't understand, this is a gospel horse. He said, a gospel horse? He said, yeah, it's a gospel horse. What do you mean it's a gospel horse? He said, to make it go, you have to say, praise the Lord. And to make it stop, you say, uh, 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 uh. What was it say? Praise the Lord. And then you have to make a stop and say hallelujah. So to make it go, praise the Lord to stop hallelujah. Guy said, okay. He bought the horse and took a horse home, got on the horse, went, horse stood still. Nothing happened. He went, oh, yeah, yeah, it's a gospel horse. He said, praise the Lord. The horse started walking. He said, praise the Lord. The horse started galloping. Praise the Lord. The horse was on full open throttle. He was going and going, and he was coming to an edge of a cliff. Then he went, whoa, whoa, the horse kept going. And remember, it's a gospel horse. He says, hallelujah. The horse hit the brakes, slid right up to the edge of the cliff. The man looked over the cliff, see how far he had to fail. He sat back and said, praise the Lord. (laughs) I do believe in joy in Christ Jesus. I believe the selling point of Christianity is joy. I believe that. I've learned that people are going to do most of the time what they want to do, what they enjoy doing, than when when they're made to do stuff. So I believe the fun part of religion is not silly and uh, uh, disrespectful, but it is profitable because people... Do what they like. So 
I'm going to talk a little bit about joy today, but I want us to remember something. In the Bible, the church, it's given to us in a different perspective than a lot of us the way we were taught. See, if you were born in this country, you were born in a democracy. You could choose if you want to go to church. You could choose which church you want to go to. You could choose if you want to go to church or if you want to believe in God. We vote our politicians in. We can vote them out. That's not the idea of the Bible in the book. The idea of the Bible and the, uh, excuse me, of the church in the Bible is a kingdom. As there's a king and subjects. And his word is the law. No ifs, ands, or buts. It's his word. You don't get to vote God off the throne. He's king. So when we look at church from a democracy, oftentimes we look at it from a religious perspective. So that's not the picture that God had for the church in Scripture. Religion divides. Religion builds buildings with signs. Religion makes people separate. And God said he hates separation. The kingdom unites everyone under the law. So when we look at the church as a kingdom this week, We're looking at it as we are the subjects, not members. We are citizens of the kingdom. God's power, his rule is his word. There are so many Christians I know who are living, trying, and we talked about this yesterday, trying to get to heaven. And it's almost like, I owe I owe, it's off the church I go. It's trying to please God, do enough, worship enough and love enough and, Lord, do you still like me? And that's not the idea of Christianity. In the kingdom, you already know if you're following the law or not. For instance, in the United States, when we drive down the street, we have a street sign that says what? 50 speed limit, X amount of, uh, X amount of uh, uh, miles per hour. You don't have to guess if you're breaking the law or not, do you? Why? It's right there. If you're going over that speed limit, you're breaking the law. Whether you're caught or not, you know I'm breaking the law. Well, in the kingdom... God had John write, he says, John said, I write these things that you may know. There's no guesswork in Christianity. God has written the rules down and he's, and and, and that's what is called righteousness. When you live under the rules, you don't have to wonder if you're pleasing God. I know too many Christians trying to please God and don't know he's already pleased. 
I know too many Christians who are still trying to get to heaven. I'm trying to get to a place that I've never been, nor can I imagine. That's, that's not our goal. Our goal is not to try to get to a place that God has already put in us. What did he say in Mark 16, 15, and 16? He that believeth and is baptized shall be, I didn't hear you, shall be, shall be, and it's not guessing. God didn't say, oh, he that believeth, it was possibility. Now, don't get mistaken. I do not believe in once saved, always saved. I do not believe that. The Bible does not give that. But do you know what I do believe? It's almost impossible for a Christian to lose his soul. Not because of his actions, but because of the love of a father. That's why you come and you sing, oh, how I love Jesus. Not because you're trying to get his love. I've been married, going to God's will in 22 years to the best woman on the face of the earth. She told me to say that. I love this woman, not because I'm trying to get love from her. I love her because I already got it. Does that make sense? So I've already gotten God's love. I've already gotten his heaven. I'm going to heaven, not because I'm just such a great guy. I'm going to heaven because the promises of a father that will never fail. I'm not trying to get to heaven. I'm going. That's why I'm here. You're looking at a man who is secondary citizen is in the United States. His primary citizenship is the kingdom of heaven. God has already promised heaven. And he says in 1 Corinthians 1, the promises of God are yes in Christ Jesus. All of them. I'm going to heaven, y'all. I'm not trying to get there. I'm going. I have a good God. Oh, I have a good God. Because he has an ignorant subject. But he still loves me. He said it. Jesus came to seek and save Larry. So what is the kingdom of heaven? It is the ruleship of God with his word through the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. You're part of that. So what is it about? Who's reading for me? Romans, start Romans 14 and read, yeah, just where he, he did. Okay. Yeah. Okay, hold up, hold up. Do not let you re- what you do that's good be regarded of evil. In other words, don't just tear each other up because you got a right. Don't just beat each other up 
because you're right and they're wrong, now I can get to hit you in the head. Don't do that. That's not what the kingdom of heaven is about. But what is it about? Righteousness, peace, and joy. Say it with me. Righteousness, peace, and joy. But where is it? In the Holy Spirit. Which is in every single Christian. What is it about again? Righteousness. I need it one more time loud. That's what we're all about. That's what the kingdom of heaven is about. Now we do this stuff in the kingdom. We come to church. We come into this building. We do this. We come and do this. But what is everything about? Righteousness. That's what it is about. It's about your life. God doesn't want you just to be here floating around until you die and go to heaven. You need to be working now. I heard somebody say, some people are too heavenly bound to be any earthly good. You are living now. So what is the kingdom of heaven about? This righteousness, righteousness means right standing. Standing under the facility of God. Walking in line with the word of God. That's what righteousness is about. The word of God is our source. Because it comes along with the Holy Spirit. It is the mind of God. And when we work in the mind of God, God gives you purpose. How many Christians are sitting among us now that their, their walk with God is come to church and then leaving? That's all we do. I'm a nice person on the job. I'm nice. I'm good at school and doing, and then I come to church. Yes, thank you. Mwah. But it's bigger than that. What is the righteousness? It's standing under God's law. Why? Because God wants to demonstrate his power through you. It's called glorification. To glorify God means to make God look good on you. Righteous, standing God's law, that's what conditions us to walk properly. And guess what? You go through stuff just like everybody go through and and problems and heartaches. You go through it just like everybody else. But why do you go through it? Because God is saying, pay attention. Watch her. Here's how you act when life happens. She's going to walk righteously. She's still going to be thankful. She's still going to be loving. She's still going to be merciful. She's still going to pray. And this is how you walk, world. Pay attention because my daughter is doing something. God says this world is not your home. You are an alien on this earth. You're not from here. How do I know? Genesis 1-1. Uh, in Genesis 126, 
God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, his personality. I'm not from this earth. I'm not from Alabama. I'm not from Tennessee. I'm not from Africa. I'm from God. And because of that, I live by my king's standard, righteousness. And I walk boldly with that. I don't tiptoe around sinners. I don't apologize for preaching God's word. Why? Because my king is king of kings, lord of lords. I walk strong wherever I go and I teach my children to. Why? Because they are lights in their world. My daughters play volleyball. I was able to baptize three or four uh, uh, of my daughter's friends because they preached the gospel to them. And they came to him and said, Daddy, they ready. That's kingdom living. We are out to get souls for God. It's not about volleyball. It's not about school. It's not about jobs. God put you everywhere he wants you so you could be a light for a lost and dying world. You're not just floating around here with a Ted Christian on. That word is powerful. That righteous walk is powerful. Because that's what the kingdom of heaven is about. It's about righteousness. Because when you walk in God, you are right standing, and you don't have to guess if you're doing right. All you got to do is read the sign. God is calling us to greatness. And believe me, he wants you to be bigger than what you really are. Your Christian walk will always be bigger than what you can manage yourself. If you can manage yourself, it's not about Christianity. Every single step, you need God. And it starts with the word of God and the church. We need to infiltrate this stuff into our children's lives. Don't just have Sunday school at church. Parents, pick up your word and look and talk to your children about God's word. Why? Because this is better than a diploma. Why? Because this world is not your home. You're not trying to build a house here. You live in a tent. Why? Because you're a nomad. You're moving around because ultimately your home is in heaven. But God has already set heaven in you through the Holy Spirit. You're on a mission right now. And that mission is to display the word of God. Because there's a lot of people who you hang around with don't know anything about righteous living. They don't need you to jump up and start turning to Mark through the sixth chapter. They need to see you being scripture. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, we are open epistles to be read of men. You should be walking Bibles. When there's a conflict and someone come at you, people should see the, the, uh, Matthew chapter 5, turn the other cheek. They should see you when somebody uh, uh, insults you and come after you. They should see the word of God says, no guile was found in his mouth. Neither did he change insult for insult. That should be your life. 
The word of God is righteous. And will give you purpose. It will let you know I'm here for a purpose. And when you won't be up here guessing, you'll know I'm walking with God. Look at me. <laughs> That's why God put you here. It's not boasting in you. It's boasting in the Holy Spirit. I tell people this all the time. Christians are the most powerful thing on the face of this earth. Romans 8 said, if God is for us, then who can be against us? We're the most powerful thing. So if you are tiptoeing around uh, the world, please stop tiptoeing and make an imprint. Let your steps put footprints so people can follow you. That's the idea when God made man. He said, let us make man in our image and our likeness and let them rule. That's what is called glory. And glory simply means to imprint. We don't tiptoe around. Christians walk boldly. Why? We have a king that is king over everything. Jesus on the cross, they was laughing at him. Jesus said, what? I'll be back. You didn't kill me. He said, I lay my life down only to pick it up. That's the power we have. We are Christians and we're very proud of it. We do not let anybody take away the righteous word of God. We stand for it in Jude chapter 3. Uh, in Jude 3, there's only one chapter, uh, Jude 3. Jude said, let us contend for the faith which was once and for all delivered. We are fighting for the truth. There are over 300 churches in the United States alone. Maybe a lot more. And each of them have their own little truth. Do you know that's Satan? Do you know Satan spread us out and, 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 and put buildings and signs? And That's Satan. That's not from God. That's not from God. God put us here as a kingdom to dominate the world. Matthew 16, 18, he said, you don't have to turn there. He said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. We win. The power of God is his righteousness. You've won already. Stop trying to win a fight that you have already won. Walk in it. Walk in it with victory. I've already won this. Jesus was going to the cross in victory. The kingdom of heaven is not about bread and meats, but it's about righteousness. What's the other? Peace. Here's what happens. When you righteously in God's word, guess what that brings? Peace. It's an automatic happening. You can't, you don't have to make this up. It's just like an apple tree. Do you have to go put apples on an apple tree? Why? The apple is inside the seed. When you live righteous, peace is inside. Batteries included. 
Don't you want peace? I want peace in my home. My wife is crazy. I want peace in my home. My children are crazy. I need peace. And the only way I can do that is to be righteous under God. Telling you, you have trouble in your home, bring in God's word. You have trouble in your marriage, bring in God's word. Trouble with your children, with your job, with your friends at school. Bring in the power of God. It will bring some peace to your life. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, around verse 4, he says, the, we, although we live in this world, he said, we do not wage war like the world. For our weapons that we use have divine power. I'm trying to get you excited about being a child of God. I'm trying to open you up to the reality that God's word works. It works I'm a believer. I'm a client. He's calling us to stay in the word, the righteousness, so it could bring peace. Man, peace of mind. Billionaires will spend millions on it. To know that I am saved already. Y'all, I'm, I know y'all looking at me, but y'all, I'm serious. You don't know how many Christians are still trying to be saved. And they struggle because when they sin, they think, oh, I fell out of God. You don't fall out of God. God holds you. That's why we repent. That's why we return. That's why we lean on God. Because God is so good and powerful. I'm going to tell you something, man. You, you look like you and your wife get along good. Y'all just hold each other. Mm-hmm, that looks good. But you're not man enough. I'm sorry to tell you, you're not man enough. I'm not man enough. You're not man enough. That's why you need God. That's why you need God, because he brings a peace. It's not all on my shoulders. Thank you, God. Because I can't do it alone. Paul said, I put no confidence in the flesh. None. Why? I'm not good enough. I'm too short. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come Short of the glory of God. Every man in here is too short. You need the extension of the cross. And if you lean on that, that promise will never fail. That's why they call it peace. God wants peace in his homes. Because that peace will reach out and it will bring joy to the world. What we sing Christmas time? Joy to the world. The Lord. Is that how the Lord has come? Something like that. You know what I mean. Joy. Peace resonates inside and then you start going out and it starts touching 
everybody. Do me a favor, preacher. Read, uh, what did you, you finish reading? Read that. There you go. What did he say? Whoever serves Christ is what? Acceptable to God and approved by man. That's what you call peace and joy. Raise your hand if you don't want that kind of life. Well, here's the answer. Here's the answer. So I'm going to say this, and I say it seriously. And please listen. Stop playing church. Stop playing church. Stop minimizing God to this building on Sunday. He's so powerful and he's so great and he's so fun. Oh my goodness, he's powerful. He says, when you do this, the kingdom of heaven, what is it about? It's about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you are a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit. And if you have, if you're a Christian, God has work for you to do. It's not only just to come sit in the building. It's to get into people's lives. He says, go ye into all the world. Touch folks. How? Do I need to bring my Bible? Be the open Bible. You know, I preached this sermon called Workplace Religion. And the point of it is, is sometimes people, when Christians go to church, I used to teach this, uh, uh, go to church, go to work. I used to teach this uh, Bible class at the American Airlines Center at the DFW Airport. And I would go in there and we would go, and I was going to like for four or five years and the crowd never grew. The same people. And I come to find out that this is one woman in the class who talked all the time. Nobody at the job liked her. <laughs> And she was the one always talking about Lord God and God, Lord, the Lord, Lord, always. That's what she's doing. My mother used to say, you know, you, be, you watch out for people who are always talking, God, 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 Lord, Lord, Lord. Watch out for them. Well, what was the point? The point is, when you go on your job, sometimes you run people away with your Bible. Be the walking Bible. Be the living Bible. Get into people's lives. Because you know what's going to happen? When you work like you're supposed to on your job, what did God say about working? He said, when you go to work, he said, work as unto the Lord. In other words, God is your boss. He said, don't you be sick of sitting around here sneaking around and doing bad things, getting people's nerves and, uh, and running people down. He said, you too busy working. And when you do that, Matthew 5 activates. Sermon on the Mount, what did Jesus say? He says, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and glorify the Father which is in heaven. When you go to work, God says, everybody pay attention. I want you to watch how I have my citizens work. They work to me. 
Everybody pay attention. Here's how my students act in class. Right here. We are representatives. Uh, what is it in 2 Corinthians? We are representatives in 2 Corinthians 5. We are ambassadors for Christ. You are not your own. You belong to God. So walk like it. When you go back to work Monday, go with a different attitude. I, I hate this job. No, don't worry about the job. You are going into a harvest field. Am I making sense? Or am I still, is it making sense? Well, can I get an amen or something? Yeah, I'm serious. This, it, God is really coming. People are truly dying. And God really put you in their life. So let's go get them. Let's show them the kingdom of heaven. Let's show them the righteousness by following the word of God. Let's show them the peace that, re- that resonates in our lives. And let's show the joy that we spread throughout the world. Because that's what the kingdom of heaven is all about. Even in your school. On the soccer field. On the baseball diamond. On the basketball court. God sends you there for a purpose. And it's not to make a layup. It's to demonstrate the kingdom of God so people can desire to be saved. To a Christian, everything is about God. Every little thing you do is about the king. So, how much time I have? Good, two hours, okay. Y'all, seriously. We are mighty people. Let's not forget that. Don't strive to be normal. Strive to be great because your king is great and you're representatives. So let's reach out and touch people's lives. Let's reach out and show them the righteousness by being obedient. The peace by letting it resonate in our lives and the joy by extending it to all, throughout all the world. Jesus Christ came down on this earth for a purpose, to seek and save the lost. If you are not a child of God, let me explain what it takes to become one according to the scriptures. According to the scriptures, uh, the Bible says you must hear the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, 1 Corinthians 15. And when you hear that message, you have a decision. Do you believe it? If you believe it, then the Bible says to repent. That means to turn to God and away from you and everything else. And when you turn away, you face God and you have no other choice but to confess that he is the son of the living God. Then the Bible says to be baptized. Not as an outward showing of an inward grace. Not because, well, I want my mother and father to see me. But because you want your sins washed away. So God can fill you with his Holy Spirit. And add you to the kingdom, the body, the church. 
If you've done that, then the Bible says walk in the light. Don't tiptoe. Walk in the light as he is in the light. Then we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all unrighteousness. But if you haven't done that, we're calling you to forward. I'm asking you to take a bold stand to move for God, a king who moved for you over 2,000 years ago. I'm asking you to do that. Do me a favor. Everybody stand. Everybody stand. Now, who's singing the song? You singing it? You going up there. Yeah, you going up there. No, don't start it yet. Just going up there. <laughs> but when we sing this song, please, 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 don't make it a ritual of just, we're singing the song, then we're going to sit down. Y'all think about your walk. If you need prayer, that's why we're here. We can do it up here. We can be in the back with you, however you want to do it. If you need prayer, that's why we're here. If you need to be baptized, you're like, oh, I don't want to go in front of all these people. I'll be in the back right there. Somebody will. But just don't make this a part of the service where you sing through and then we sit down and move on. Think about your soul because tomorrow is not promised to any of us. The Bible says if you die in your sins, where I am, you cannot come. But he did say, blessed are they who die where? In the Lord. And that's where we're trying to get you this morning. Come thou fount of every blessing.